Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod. What is this? The weekly show that chronicles Fearless Records Punk Goes dot 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 series. Did you get that bit where I said my wife? Oh, I absolutely got that bit where you said <laughs> my wife. My wife. Uh, hello. Welcome to Punk Goes Pod, as Sam just said. You guys know what you're listening to. We don't need to go into too much of a spiel about what we're about. No, you've, if if you look, if you've made it this far, you know what we do. But if you haven't made it this far, we take a song each week from the Punk Goes series, as recorded by Fearless Records. Yes, and we discuss the original and the cover. I like that we said you guys don't need to know what it's about, but in case you don't case know you what don't. it's about, here's just what in, it's about. Just in case you don't, I feel like I've set this on a poor trajectory since saying my wife. Well, <laughs> you know. I could make it worse. Like on the day that we actually get married, I could say "Moef." Oh, that would be very funny. Would it though? Yeah. 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 Look. So let you know. You play your cards right. I'll say it. I found a fascinator slash bridal headpiece on Etsy last night, which is basically just a giant diamante studded lobster, and I really want it. <laughs> Do you think when Britney Spears was filming the film clip for Sometimes, she uh, caught herself a, a diamond lobster, a diamante lobster in the water on the beach? I just don't know. How good was that segue, though, into this week's song, Sometimes, by Britney Spears, as covered by Reach the Sky? But before we get into the topic at hand, I uh, I just want to say that how good was last week's episode? Oh, so good. That was our peak, right? Yeah, it's all downhill from here to quote Newfound Glory. Um, all right, so this is our shortest, this is going to be our shortest podcast because we're packing it in. Punk Goes Pod, we made it to nine episodes. Goodbye, everyone. Ten. Well, all right, this would be nine and two minutes. Yeah, true. But again, thank you, thank you, thank you to last week's guest host, Richard. An excellent first guest yes he we set also, the bar very high we also had the holy union of buff Corral and the holophonics in one episode we did you know my my dream is to one day have buff Corral do a cover of a holophonics original sure so i had to take a minute to think about that yeah um okay i don't have anything to bounce off that no that's fine <laughs> <laughs> how's your week been uh, even though as... i live with you i know how it's been but no one else does not as good as yours yeah big news yeah i got my license y'all i will be inserting some celebratory stuff in here Excellent. Incredible. <laughs> so after taking a brief repose <laughs> to to show Emma the celebratory sound that I made for her today. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> it has truly made my day. Thank you. <laughs> How long did that take you? Just oh, five of... minutes. Oh, good. So, like, seriously, like, I did no... I made no volume adjustments. I did a little couple of cuts. <laughs> the only one that 
that I adjusted was. <laughs> oh my god! Thank biscuits. <laughs> so uh, yes, congratulations. Thank you. You are a bona fide driver. I am. I can go out on the road, and I don't know where this sentence was going. Even I'm, sorry. I'm qualified to drive. Even though it was only a couple hours out of your day, you now have your Saturdays back. I do. Now you can do errands for me in the car. I can. And I can also just nap all day, which is what I did last Saturday to celebrate. This Saturday just passed, I should say. Anyway. So, yeah, my week was pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, and I have nothing. Like, my week was... My week was a week. Okay. Yeah. Just kept moving on. I have... Started to prepare myself for October, which is, you know, even though it's not really celebrated much over here in Australia, it's spooky month. It is. So I've started reading lots of horror. Yes. I have started watching lots of horror. And I want to see... I will reach a point where it gets a bit too much for me. I want to see if I go further, whether I will come out the other side fine, or whether it's going to make me worse. That Yeah. Like, I want to, I want to, at that point that, and I will probably reach it, I will wake up one night in the next couple of weeks and it's all just going to come to me. It's all going to flood me, the imagery and everything that I've read and watched, and I'm not going to be able to sleep because I'm going to feel tense. And I want to know if I can continue on, whether it (laughs) washes over me or whether I will sleep less. And at that point, <laughs> and at that point, I should watch the the movie that is that scared me the most in my lifetime, which is the Japanese Grudge. We can do that together. Oh, that movie though. I yeah, I feel like that's one of the key differences between us. Is like horror affects me more viscerally when I'm watching it. Like I'm very jumpy, mm. the slightest jump scare, like I'm yeah. halfway out of my seat, sort of thing. But then the long term effects, I just don't. Like, I don't get bothered by them in the long run. There's there's definitely been stuff that's, like, affected you. But it's not just your out-and-out horror. No, no. And it's more, like, real yeah. stuff that's, that you know... Whereas... Iffy... It's, like, yeah, iffy subject material-wise. Yeah, whereas you aren't as viscerally affected by horror when you are consuming it, but it does have that long-term, like, oh, shit, effect. Like I... When I was playing and i'm playing resident evil 2 the remake at the moment and when i was playing resident evil 7 and i was playing that a lot yeah and i started to have dreams where i was being chased and it was yeah it was uncomfortable yeah um and i'm reading the exorcist at the moment which is fantastic it's brilliantly written except he doesn't really write the 12 year old girl very well i'll say like it just it, it just feels like he wants to make her even younger because she's 12 but she like right. it's all mummy and daddy and, um. like she talks really 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 innocently and it's not like she's a it's not like she's simple because she's of average intelligence they they state i'm of average intelligence and i had pretty close to you know sort of almost adult conversations with my parents when i was 12 yeah yeah i feel like he wanted to make her even more innocent but he puts he puts this girl through some stuff and it was like either make her eight years old and make her do less of what I want her to do or I make her 12 sound a bit younger and she can like it's pretty if you've read the book or seen the movie you kind of know what 
what the possessed girl does. Right. Which is, um, yeah, would have been, it still kind of is, but it would have been shocking for 1971 when it came out. Yes. The book. Yeah. So, yeah, that's basically been my week. Well, I suspect that the horror element has already affected you because, like I mentioned to you earlier, you sat bolt upright in bed last night, middle of the night, like, <gasps> and I was just like, are you all right? And you just sort of sat there and you were just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I told you I, that later on, because I, I don't remember that, but later on I had, had bouts of sleep paralysis. Whereas I just, I could sleep through the nuclear... Apocalypse. Obviously. I, I look at some point. I'm going, and I don't, it doesn't happen to me often. But I know when I'm going to get sleep paralysis because my ears vibrate. Ah. Oh. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a woo, woo, woo in my ears. That's I can hear so that. Weird. And so if I, when I know that, I try to keep myself awake. But that's when I'm at my t- most tired. Yeah. So I will maybe sit up or something, and when eventually, like, I can go to sleep and it won't happen. At some point, I'm just going to say, fuck it, and I'm going to let it happen and see what happens. But I also am a little bit, and I know it's neurotic, I'm a little bit afraid I'm no, I'm never going to wake up again. Well, fucking Jesus, this has taken a bleak turn. Oh my god. <laughs> Shall we go on to Britney then? <laughs> yeah. Do you need to... Do we need to talk about this off mic before you can proceed? <laughs> no, I'm fine. Okay. I, I'm here. Yeah. Oh, Still. Christ. <laughs> oh my god. I'm doing alright. Oh. So. Sometimes I lament that I don't have a very active imagination, but at the same time, you have a very active imagination, and I feel like I can sort of dodge a lot of stuff from not being very imaginative. Yeah, well, sometimes I run. Mm. And sometimes I cry. Hide. Damn it. Sometimes I'm scared of you. This is like a, a Halloween song. Actually, no, it's, it really isn't. No, it really isn't. Britney Spears, sometimes. So, we have made the executive decision that we are not going to jump into a detailed history of Britney just yet. Because she pops up another three times. Yes. Yeah. So I figure we just jump right into it. We'll do a bit more of a deep dive later on when Britney shows up again. Um, but until then, if you don't know who Britney is, like, go read a book. Honestly. Yeah, I I don't know how you could have how you could reach. I'm not I'm not trying to shame you. I just if you. Are in 2019 and don't know Britney Spears. Let's have a conversation. I am trying to shame you. Okay. Um. You uh, she's she's up there. She's one of you girls. Yes, I was very chuffed. I think it was last night, sometime over the weekend, where we were. Well, you were compiling the notes as always, and not as always. <laughs> and you were just sort of checking, like, how deep do we want to go in on Britney this week? Blah blah blah. And you did say, because I know that Brittany is very important to you. And I was just like, she is very important to me. <laughs> so thank you for recognizing that. Um, I feel like I have spoken to your niece about Brittany very briefly. But it was kind of like a, I've been listening to, or uh, it was like 
my friends and I were listening to Britney Spears and I was like, oh my gosh, like you like Britney Spears? She was like, no, I don't like her. I was just like, <laughs> I'm going to forgive you for that, but it's going to be difficult. Well, so. she is spooky. She is very spooky. Can I ask a question though? Well, yes. I'm going to ask the question anyway. <laughs> I do like, you do preface asking questions a lot with, can I ask a question? <laughs> Which like, I There don't... was a point where I think you got it, you were starting to get annoyed by it. And now I think it's like, this is, this is who he is. This is yeah. what he's going to do. <laughs> when he wants to ask a question, he's going to ask, can I ask a question? <laughs> Pretty it's, much. I'm just going to have to just suffer through it. Yes. So right. shoot. I'm going to ask a question. Okay. Out of all the sort of girls that came up around about that time, she's probably the most, she's the one that's, that stayed relevant. She has more than, more than Mandy Moore, more than Jessica Simpson, even more than Christina Aguilera. Yes. She's still, I would argue, the most relevant in terms of pop culture that like, out of those ones, she is definitely the most prominent in terms of just being part of the cultural lexicon. Um, but then, for instance, I would argue that, like, Pink, ones like that are the more active ones to yeah. this day. But I also feel like Britney kind of is making a, a an active attempt to ingratiate herself with younger audiences, like doing songs with Iggy Azalea. Yeah, that was a good few years ago now, though. All I wanted to say was Pink is mum rock. Oh, she definitely well, is. Mum pop rock. She was big over here as well. Ah, oh, Because yeah. she was, she she showed up on the, she was like the V8 supercars, which is. That's right. She was yeah. like, not the spokesperson for it, but she was, she was there. She, she was involved with the V8 supercars. The V8 supercars are Australia's nascar i guess i don't know yeah something like that it's it mixes you know it's the one it's one thing that i don't really have any interest in it's cars yes i own a car i drive my car and it it's fine yeah you know this is the reality of having your license baby it's it's not that interesting (laughs) (laughs) yeah look i'm sure it really won't change my day-to-day life except i feel a bit more adult now well I'm still proud of you. Oh, thank you. And I would have still been proud of you if you hadn't have gotten it. I would not have been proud of myself. Well. But here we are. Yes. Brittany. So let's actually talk about the song. Yes. Do you want to hit us with a few stats about the song? Sure. Um, how robotic do you want my voice to be? I don't want it to be robotic. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, the song came from her debut album. Baby One More Time. Uh, that's Ellipses, Baby One More Time. It is. But I paused. Oh, you did pause. There so... you go. I thought that was because I put you on the spot it was but i'm gonna play it off as if it wasn't oh you're so good released in 1999 on jive records yep uh 
sometimes was written by Jürgen Olofsson. <laughs> Probably not the best thing to do is go Jürgen. Jürgen. Can we do that again, please? Sometimes was written by Jürgen Olofsson. Mm-hmm. Il- Olofsson. Um, I love the Swedes, but I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of that. That's more our fault than it is theirs, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I always take full responsibility. Sure. Um, he worked with the likes of Britney Spears, Kelly Clarkson, and a unironic love of mine, the song True Survivor by David Hasselhoff, which featured on the uh, short film Kung Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a like it's a Swedish American action film. That rumbling you heard then was Sam sort of w- shifting in his seat to it give it the gravity episode, it deserved. It wouldn't be an episode of Punk Goes Pod if you didn't hear me shifting in the seat. <laughs> I just like at the pivotal moment when you're talking about Hasselhoff, like everyone can just picture you leaning back in your chair, like crossing your legs. Yeah, like, but I'm leaning forward because I'm getting really excited. True <laughs> su- no, True Survivor is sick. I love it. Cool. And I realised I realized that our last karaoke place has it. So next time we go karaoke, I'm singing some David Hasselhoff. Well, there you go. And I'm going to invite some Germans because they love David Hasselhoff. Or at least they did in when the Berlin Wall came down. Can we please get back on time? <laughs> please. Uh, he also produced the song alongside Per Magnuson. Mm-hmm. What did Per Magnuson do? Per Magnuson has worked with the likes of Westlife and the Backstreet Boys. Ah, oh, Backstreet's back. Mm, all right. And David Kruger, no relation to Freddie. Though, interestingly, David Kruger has an Aussie link. He produced, I think, the song We Think It's Love by Leah Haywood, which any Aussie who was growing up or consuming pop culture in the... 2000s i think it was would recognize it i was about to i was about to stand up and go um what about me i don't remember leah haywood but i was not consuming pop culture you were not so yeah it is a straight up banger um yeah good on you david thank you uh max martin also did the mixing and again i feel like we will bring up max martin a lot during the britney episode and also like we said the last time we brought up Max Martin, like he is a force of nature when it comes to pop songwriting. So I, we can expect to be talking about him a lot. It seems to be like this small cadre of Swedish music producers that just basically produce 95% of all pop music. Yeah, they know their pop. They yeah. do it well. Oh, they also do their death and black metal well. Mm. Part of the reason why I love them so much. <laughs> I want to go to Sweden. If I've not already made it clear on the podcast, I want to go to Sweden. Okay. Any Swedish listeners out there, just know that I love you. Yes. Uh, Brittany envisioned it being something like a Cheryl Crow song for teens. Uh, The song (laughs) peaked at number two here in Australia, 21 in the US, and number one in the following countries, New Zealand, Belgium, Brazil, and the Netherlands. And the UK on their indie charts. <laughs> Your notes are the funniest thing. I love them so much. Like, I was half expecting you then to be like, and the UK on their indie charts? Well, I have a question mark there, but because it, it's like, 
indie? Britney Spears <laughs> indie charts? See, to me, that didn't convey <laughs> the meaning of it quite right. <laughs> I I think it is the perfect indie pop anthem. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I could see this being played on Triple J Unplugged. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So, at what point do I do I share my Britney anecdote? Well, let's do it now. Alright, there's still information about the song, but I feel like a, I need to tell a story of, I guess, comeuppance, of to- a story of retribution, one where someone meets the 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 proper justice that they deserve and i am that person for last week i told a tale of myself uh getting one up on my mother a in tale terms of lies and deceit in terms of yes playing grand theft auto vice city when i shouldn't have and for my 14th birthday when i went to open up my birthday presents and i saw what could only be a new playstation 2 game how I, did you know that? Because I know the sh- I knew the shape of the case. Well, you need to show us, not tell us. Oh, I don't know. So it was a, it was a a rectangular. No, okay, don't don't keep going. <laughs> See, I can make this worse than it is. You could, but also like anyway, continue. It was it was a familiar shape. Yes, one of PlayStation Two game. And... <laughs> one of PlayStation Two game. <laughs> <laughs> I know this shape at PlayStation 2 game. <laughs> and I was very excited. I'm like, what is it going to be? Is it going to be the new Tony Hawk game? Mm. Is it going to be Jack 2? Is it going to be a new Tekken game? Ah, oh, like Final Fantasy 10 2? What is this going to be? And I opened it up and my mum was there watching me open this game up. And what the fuck was it? It was Britney's effing dance beat. And she thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and you know, you know what? You know what? She didn't get the punishment all the way because I still played that game. Did you clog it? Yeah, because it was like five songs on it. <laughs> I, I just love the mental image of your mum in that classic mum pose, like Christmas morning with a mug of coffee, <laughs> like dressing gown, just sort of like looking on, like with that pleased mum smile. <laughs> Not giving away that she's about to, like, ruin your life, ruin your whole career, and then you open it up and just your face, like, falling as you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I had to be like, when, when I'd have friends over and they'd see it in the in the game case and they'd be like, what's going on there? Aww. I'd be like, oh, my mum thought it was funny, but do you want to play it? Because sometimes, uh, because Stronger is a pretty good song. It is a very good song. Yeah, that rise. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. No. It was. Um. Yeah. It's like five songs. You played as the background dancer. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Back. Background. Backup dancer. Backup dancer. Yes. Um. And then I think when it would have like the special meter, if you got it high enough, Britney would then appear and start dancing. Imagine that just in everyday life, like you get a promotion and Britney just yeah she shows up and starts like yeah pulling shapes. Oh, I. I was unfortunate enough to not play that when I was a kid, although I'm pretty sure my, well, I say neighbour, like, in the country, anyone within, like, 10 kilometres is your neighbour. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure my neighbour had it, and we we might have played it very briefly, but at the very least, I have a deep relationship with Sometimes because 
it was one of those songs that me and this friend of mine, Stacy, would do choreographed dance routines to. Ah. But then, of course, being kids, we took it that step too far and would get, like, my parents to come and watch us do these. Yeah. And my parents have never let me forget it. Like, it's one of those things where, like, modern life has taken over and I no longer, like, and what's the word? Agonize over it. But there was definitely a patch, like, in my teens and very early 20s where I would just sort of stop dead in my tracks and be like, oh, my God, I used to dance to sometimes... And I showed my parents, and it was really embarrassing. <laughs> but I, sorry, it was just very like simplified. Like I was trying to figure it out the other day, but it was just like all I really wanted was to hold you tight. So like cuddling and sort of like moving your torso, mm-hmm. much like in the video. Treat you right was definitely like just the okay symbol. Mm-hmm. Then like be with you day and night. You'd sort of like put your hands in a circle like around your face, and then night was like your head on your two palms together like a sleeping it yep. was it was, and then all i need is time was like pointing to your watch like it was very very bad but of course we were cocky and we were like we are so good at this like we have to show them and they were like oh that's very nice and then when i was old enough for them to poke fun at me they were like ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> so same as when i learned the opening routine to the austin powers i think the spy who shagged me there's like the song and dance scene at the start and I learned that and then I got so good at it I showed my family and they never let me forget it. See, I didn't really... I mean, I'm sure it was lovely. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I I didn't really have anything like that that my parents would hold over me until you came down to their house with me last and my mother proceeded to bring out photos. <laughs> for like the first... Was that the first time in our eight-year-long relationship? It was. That the photos finally came out? And I was embarrassed. <laughs> I was embarrassed. But you were so cute. You had nothing to be embarrassed about. I was a teenager once. I have everything to be embarrassed about. Oh, then we all fall into that category. Yes, we should all be ashamed of who we were. Yes. Oh, don't worry, I am. <laughs> anyway. Did you know that there was some controversy about the song sometimes? I did because I read the notes, but other people might not. Um, I also just... Full disclosure, I kind of ripped these notes straight from the Wikipedia page. That's all right. Uh, I'll give you. The song, there was a bit of controversy behind it in regards to the writing credits. A guy named, uh, an Indiana songwriter by the name of Steve Wallace claimed that sometimes, that I'm trying to make it my own words. <laughs> See, this is why you don't plagiarize. This is, this is, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that thing of like, oh, can you... Every teacher I, that ever had you in high school is leaning back and cackling right now. The, they don't remember me. Oh, well, I'm sure they do. The, it, it's that thing of like, oh, man, can I copy your homework? Yeah, but you get to do it in your own words. <laughs> yeah, change it up a little bit. He claimed that he wrote Sometimes in 1990, but he didn't copyright it until 2003. So, four years after the song was released? <laughs> sure. Uh, she, uh, Britney Spears also registered the song's copyright when the song was recorded. Yes. Uh, and also, this guy Steve Wallace claimed that Britney confessed that he wrote the song by showing to the court a possible email from the singer, which said, I now know for a fact that you wrote sometimes, but there's nothing I can do. 
The lawsuit was dismissed on October 31st, 2005 when John D... When Judge John D. Tinder claimed the singer did not steal the song. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was just a wild ride from start to finish. Oh, so good. <laughs> if there's a Audible... If you want me to start reading some audiobooks for you, here's this is my demo. This is my demo tape. My reel. Oh my gosh. Amazing. <laughs> I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of what I've done so far on this podcast that would get me like an immediate hire. I mean And an immediate fire. I like I'm definitely gonna add this podcast to my C V as like an extracurricular sort of thing. Oh yeah. But I think I already have. But I say fuck a lot on here, so I'm just sort of I'm sure it'll just be a case of me shooting myself in the foot, but hey. Oh. I'm a... Is fuck a swear word really anymore? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Like, you wouldn't just go up to your someone in a job interview and be like, Have hello, fuck, go I. fuck yourself. <laughs> I don't know, maybe if you're getting a job as a stand-up comedian, maybe. <laughs> because that's a job. <laughs> Well, it is, but, it you, is, but, you, but don't you don't go hired. to formal job interviews for it. No. Tell me, <laughs> what kind of skills would you bring to the table as a comedian? Oh, my god! I'm gosh. sorry. We just think you're overqualified <laughs> for this job We're as looking, a stand-up comedian. Looking for someone the, with three to five years of comedy experience. The, 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 the children's party will just... They, they will just know that you're, you have too much experience. We cannot hire you. You're too funny. <laughs> I'm not going back to jail. Uh, uh, so let's pivot and talk about the video so well, that this episode isn't a complete waste of everyone's time. Well, we haven't talked about what we how we actually feel about the song. We'll fucking talk about it. It's all right. I think... Considering we're doing four Britney songs over the span of... And in, look, they might add some more Britney songs in whatever oh, next... I hope they do. Next Maybe pop before, compilation please. that they do, they might add some more. Like, what would be what would be your next Britney song that you'd want them to do? Toxic. They do Toxic. Good. A Static Lullaby does Toxic. Good. Stronger. Stronger's a good one. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'd put Stronger. Are we going to um, keep listing good Britney songs? <laughs> I I think that this is a good starting point mm. because I don't think it's... Yeah, she could turn it into quite a little routine. Ha. <laughs> I don't think it's her strongest song. No, Stronger is her strongest oh, song. You, you're on another plane right now. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I I complete I lied like this this totally does live up to last week's episode absolutely um no I don't think this is her strongest song I've but I you know if we will lead up to it it'll rise and I I think it's it's an okay song it's got that it's got a hypnotic drum beat yeah the, the, yeah I could listen to that all day see to me I don't pick up on the drum beat. Like, to me, it's just a well-rounded pop song. Like, it's like a perfect pop song. Yep. Perfect. And... <sighs> perfect in my eyes. Okay. No, I'm just I'm just asking. <laughs> so, look, you have to realise that this was my era of music. Like, mm-hmm. 
Spice Girls and then, yeah, all your bubblegum pop. So, like, your Britney's and your Christina's and your Mandy Moore's and all of those ones. Like, this sound just so perfectly encapsulates that period of the 90s where everything was covered in glitter and pastels and butterflies and... Choker chains. Yeah, but, like, again, before... Chain wallets. Again, before we go ahead and just list a complete thing of please two chains <sighs> all right all right i have to be annoying at some point and I've, i won't anymore so glitter and pastel well see this is what happens when you butt in is that right, i forget I'm, my train of thought i'm this is me being serious this is serious sam <laughs> i am i apologize well fine Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, to me, like, probably because this song has such, well, not vivid because my memory is garbage, but has such strong, like, emotional resonance to me because it's what I listened to when I was a kid. Like, it's great. Like, yeah. and then, yeah, like, to me, the production holds out. Like, it's very sort of soft pop, but it's very skillfully done. And look, I couldn't grapple with the themes within it as a, what, 99, was it? Yeah. So you would have been eight. Yeah. So, like, as an eight-year-old, I had no idea what it was like to be in love with someone but be too shy to express myself. But then the older I got, like, had I been, like, a teenager when this came out, like, that would have been so, like, yeah, I would have felt very seen. Like, I think we can all relate to that thing of, like, I like this person and there is that sort of interest, but what do we do? Like, yeah. Anyway, that's how I feel about it. I, and I've mentioned it to you, I don't like the, I don't like the stop into the key change because it, it sort of always gets me every time I think, oh, the song's over and then it gets into the key change. See, to me, I find that so funny because, again, maybe it's because this is just sort of wired into my DNA. Like, I know this song, mm. but so I don't you know. get that at all. Yeah. It just it just feels really abrupt to me. But to me, like, if you cut it off after that bridge, would that sound like a rounded out song to you? Probably not. No, you're right, but... I'm not trying to, like, prove a point, but I just no, find no, that no. really interesting. No, and I, I've, yeah, you, you're probably right. Like, it probably wouldn't sound like a rounded off song. Like, you sort of do need that big ending. And I'm, I'm not saying the key change is the problem. I'm no, saying, no, no, no. I'm saying the stop is the problem. And, yeah, like, you have to have the ending to it. Yes. You absolutely do. And that's not the ending to it. But to me, like, the pause is literally just sort of a beat, like... It kind of is, but it's just, I don't know, to me it's like, it doesn't feel like a breath or like a lead into, lead into the end. It just sort of, it just, it's really abrupt to me. And I'm trying to think of other songs off the top of my head that do that and I can't, but I feel like it's, it would have been a common enough thing for 90s pop in particular to have that like bridge, final chorus, upper key, like, I don't know. But no, I'm... I know, I know what you're talking about. All right. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like we we get each other, but we both want to keep proving our points. Yes, <laughs> that happens a lot. So, um, for some reason, I remembered this afternoon as I was doing my routine of playing a song on repeat while in the shower mm. just to get the full like to digested fully um i remembered that somehow i've retconned in my head that this song there was a version of it where it ends like it resolves itself it doesn't just fade off the way it does yeah like to me uh, there was always like a final like chorus that ended with like baby all i need is time like something very like not succinct but like complete as opposed to the fade out that this one has and now i'm slightly alarmed like just that sort of mandela effect thing of like to me that exists somewhere but i couldn't find it so if anyone out there knows of this existence and can tell me i didn't just make it up in my head that would be great (laughs) Do you, what, before listening to this for the podcast, when was the last time you listened to it? Oh, recently. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, look, I dip into Britney relatively regularly. And oh, look. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing ironic about your love for Britney. Oh, no, like, not you at did, all. You did a dance for one of her songs. I did. I've done a dance to two of her songs now. A work bitch and. Slay for you. That's right. Yes. Yeah. I've been taking dance classes. I haven't taken them for a while, but shout out to Power Pop Studio. You guys are amazing. Um, yes. I'm so I think of like other cases where we might have remembered something completely wrong. My dad has the funniest one where I was studying the movie Far From Heaven for English Lit class and we were watching the movie together. And I can't remember, like, it ends very badly. Like, there's two people, they're in love. I can't remember how it ends, but, like, it's not great. But for some reason, Dad, in his head, just had resolved it for himself. So, like, everything turned out fine. And then we were watching it, and he was just like, oh, no. like, (laughs) Because he was telling me, like, oh, don't worry. Like, it ends up being this and this and this. And then it didn't. And Dad was just like, I don't know where I got that from. (laughs) So I always thought that was very funny. And then like every now and then with certain songs, I will hear the arrangement and I'll sort of picture in my head like I would prefer it if it did this. Mm. Do you ever do that? No. See that? Yeah. Like, um, for instance, Ready For It, Taylor Swift, Reputation. The last bit, there's like the final round of like baby let the games begin and it sort of stops like one round of that too soon and it doesn't feel resolved in my head but then when she played it live she had that extra round and I was like yes this makes sense to me Mm. and then again with lover like she has oh I think it was you need to calm down like again to me the final chorus ended too short like too suddenly but then in the music video she extended it the way I pictured it in my head. I was like, yes. Like, ah, I guess I get like that in regards to, cause I watch a lot of wrestling. And so like, if I watch a match that, fe- when I watch a match that feels sort of unsatisfactory yeah. to me, I sort of pick apart why. And it's like, it could have gone a bit longer. It could have gone a bit shorter. Yeah. 
maybe they didn't do this. Maybe, you know, they could have gone outside of the ring a bit more or they could have, you know, done something. Yeah. So I guess in my mind, yeah, that's that's something for me that I do that with. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess it's just, it's a nice feeling when that thing gets resolved in like an alternate version. It's like, I sort of know what works in music. Mm. I can't put any theory to it, but I know that it works and that's a nice sort of affirming feeling for me. <laughs> and then in, 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 in wrestling it works if it's like two people are having a feud and maybe their first match isn't isn't an amazing match, but then they get it right the second time. Or something. Yeah, yeah. So. But, yeah, so as you mentioned, lyrically the song is... Uh, it kind of had me... And also, every time I thought I heard it wrong to begin with, when she mentioned something about the their pretty eyes are on her, uh, it's like one of the first lines. In the oh, song. you tell me you're in love with me that you can't take your pretty eyes away yes. from me. Uh, I heard it as you can't take your beady eyes off of me. <laughs> so every time I every time I hear it now, I hear that. That. And, and I'm hearing Brittany in my head. In her really breathy, like, yeah. Brit- <laughs> that you can't take your beady eyes away from me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yes, it it's very much, like, it sounds like if you, if you weren't really, like, digesting the lyrics, um, dissecting the lyrics. Digest, yeah. Well, that would also make sense somewhat. Yeah. If you're not really dissecting the lyrics, though, it could come across as a really sinister song, the fact that she's scared of this person. Yeah, but, yeah. But it's, it's like, scared of this person, but yet... Um, it very immediately resolves itself, though, into yeah. it, but all I really want is this, this, this. But she's not, she's not scared of the person, she's scared of Commitment. sort of committing. Yeah. She's, you know, it's probably, and as we've sort of stated, this is her first album. Yes. So she's still very young, so it's probably in regards to her first relationship. Yeah. So, yeah, that that can be daunting for some. Yeah. I, for some reason, I think of there's a Fallout Boy lyric from, I think it's the sh- ooh, Shipped Gold Standard or something like that from Folie Adieu, and it's, I want to scream I love you from the top of my lungs, but I'm afraid that someone else will hear me. Like, that idea mm. of, I care a lot about you but that actual act of sort of making this a public thing that isn't just something that i've internalized and i can keep it all to myself yeah i really like that that's yeah. really cool but... good on you fallout boy yes shouts to fallout boy fob yes so yeah look it's a it's just a very innocent song yeah. and pure in its imagery Yes. Um, which continues over onto the film clip. Yes. Which is an incredibly clean and incredibly bright. And and I'm saying white because everyone wears white at this film clip. So the film clip for sometimes was done by Nigel Dick, who also did the video bleh, who also did the video for Baby One More Time. Uh, he also did the videos for the likes of Welcome to the Jungle. Shout by Tears for Fears, Believe by Cher, As Long As You Love Me by the Backstreet Boys. So particularly those last two videos, like he definitely, and plus Baby One More Time, he definitely had that 
90s aesthetic down. Oh, yeah, this this is bleeds the 90s. So, love it. Um, and like you mentioned, Sam, so a writer at Rolling Stone, uh, he noted... Oh, I say he, I don't actually know. They. Thank you. They noted that the imagery of Britney wearing all white was essentially purifying her of the sexy persona that came from the Baby One More Time video, which, yeah, it was... I'm just going to say, and look, I'll get into so much more graphic detail when we actually talk about Baby One More Time, but that film clip awakened something in me. (laughs) Was that your sexual awakening? Look, no, like, not, not, (laughs) you know, Leah Thompson... As the mum in Back to the Future, that was probably my sexual awakening. That's very wholesome. Yeah, but man, did she 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 looked good in that sweater. <laughs> oh Jesus! I mean, the, I had lots like Lola Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, did it for lots of people. Yeah, look, the likes of like Disney and Warner Brothers and all that have a lot to answer for in terms of mm. like furry culture these days. I reckon Princess Leia. Yeah, Hello. yeah. Come on, yeah. yeah. But but at 10 or 11, however old, no, it was 10 when that film clip for Baby One More Time came out, yeah, just kept on awakening stuff in me. <laughs> I, um... I think I, I breathlessly was just like, she's the most beautiful woman in the world. <laughs> yeah, see, for me... I, yeah, like, obviously there wasn't that awakening, but she was just gorgeous. Like, I wanted to be her, which explains a lot of why my friend and I would play a lot of, like, role-playing games where we were just pop stars or wannabe pop stars. Or my other friend and I would argue about, we are pop stars and which Spice Girl do we get to be today? Mm. And which Backstreet Boy are we dating? And, like, all the, like, just very sanitized sort of versions of pop like and yeah the 90s in particular there was a look it carried on into the 2000s and i guess today to some degree but like just that virginal sort of imagery and then also that very sort of sexualized like yeah it was oh like the the oops i did it again film clip as well yeah did something to me. <laughs> You've mentioned, yes. But, but like... That was the... Oops, I did... No, I'm talking about the baby one. Oh, of course. The baby one more time film clip Duh. was the first one. Yes, yes, yes. And then the oops, I did it again one came along again. I was like... I was like, oh, there's Britney again. And, yeah. And it's sort of like... And we... Well, we don't. But we wonder why pop culture is so sexualized and male gazy. It's like, Britney was 17 when mm. Baby One More Time mm. came out. And, like... You yeah, they just really amped up that sexuality when she was a child. Like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This might be something that I'm remembering differently. Yeah, her virginity was also something that was very kind of publicized, wasn't it? Ah, uh, I believe so. I feel like because what was the film clip that she did where she's like sitting on the on the rock mountain thing and out in the desert? Oh, not a girl, not yet a woman. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was also promo for the movie Crossroads. Which was so. about, I think a large chunk of that was about her losing her virginity. Oh, fuck, see, I never watched it. Some fan I am, but, um... um yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a large 
chunk of it. And, is... Yeah, and it's just... I don't know. It's weird to sort of see these girls grow into women who they sort of have their own host of, like, not not issues in, like, a ugh, sort of sense, but, like, of course they're all a little bit fucked up from it. Mm. Like, of course Miley is a bit wild, mm. and, of course, Britney is a bit, like, off the rail. Like, it's just... Well, you can't blame them. No, no. But, and it's just, yeah, it's... And instead of just saying, all right, we'll give you your privacy, that's when the cameras are most on these people. Yeah, and especially, like, man, we're probably going to get, I don't know, hunted down by someone working for Disney. But, like, it's that Disney brand of bubblegum sort of pop teen, because, yeah, like, you had your... Well, Miley was Miley was Hannah Montana was a Disney thing. Yeah, Britney like, was in the Mickey Mouse Club. Exactly, along with Justin and Christina and Ryan Gosling, and then I feel like Ryan dodged it somewhat, but that's fine. But like, oh yeah, you look at like the films that he's done, like yeah, but like there was never any sort of like virginal Ryan Gosling. But then on the flip side, there were the Jonas Brothers who all had their promise rings, and. You had your Demi Lovatos and your um, Selena Gomez's. Like, all of these pop stars that came out of that Disney industrial complex, like, it's quite fucked to sort of think, like, a lot of what they were pushing was, like, yes, they're targeting fans their age and younger, but then also there was that sort of leery kind of mm. element of, like, that Lolita-esque, like, male gazy sort of. like it's And even to, like, an even probably worse degree is... The kid from Stranger Things, Finn Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. And there's, like, a lot of people have sexualized him. Yeah. And he's even younger. It's, yeah. I don't, like, oh, my God. It's very upsetting. It really is. And then you've got Drake texting um, Eleven, whatever her name is. Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. Bobby Millie Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. And, I mean, all we know is that he texted her, but... You know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say like, you know, I'm not going to, uh, yeah, like grown, a grown man texting a 14 year old. I'm just shrugging my shoulders. But anyway. I'm just shrugging my shoulders. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so yeah. Uh, but the video itself, yeah, it portrays Brittany, like you said, very bright, very wholesome on the beach, a lot of choreo happening but again like white crop top and a lot of shots of just her midriff for some reason like headless shots of just belly Um, like there's nothing like again it's not the oops i did it again film but it's still male gazy like if it were shot with a female gaze it would be her face and a lot of more group shots it is I, I, i was getting there yes but it was it's done in this weirdly almost perverse in its purity yeah kind of way yeah like, again, like in the Oops, I Did It Again film clip, there's, like, there's nothing to the imagination there. Oh, it's God, just no. like It's just, like, she's she's of legal age now. Yes, she's, she can appear yeah. in this thing, and, and it's all right. And, yeah, it's... This, and it's funny. sticky middle ground. Do we cover Oops, I Did It Again at some point? No. no. So, it's funny because uh, a little while ago, like, on the internet, like, this video popped up of like behind the scenes of oops i did it again 
And so you see, like, Britney in her latex, the red bodysuit mm. and the hair, which, iconic. Like, such a good look. But, like, you see her doing her lip syncing to the camera, like, her face, full of makeup, doing all of that. But then you see her, like, behind the scenes, like, breaking character and just making, like, silly, like, goofy faces. And you realise, like, she's she's so young. Yeah. Like, as soon as you switch off that, like, sexy persona, like, she is just a young woman and it's like it's endearing but then you sort of that within the context of what they were trying to portray in the video like it's just so weird Mm. (sighs) yeah yeah it's it's like to think that she was the age that that i was when i left high school when i finished high school um but like i had no fucking clue oh i know i was an idiot when i finished high school Uh, yeah and, like, I hate sort of being like, oh, it's just so tragic, isn't it? Because, like, yeah, she, like, live your life. She's making her own path, that kind of thing. But oh, we absolutely want the best for her. Yeah, but at the same time, especially with Britney, like, she's still, like, again, we'll get into this in, like, a deep dive, but, like, she is sort of legally bound to her family in a way that a lot of adults shouldn't be. Um, yeah. So, like, we'll go into it a bit further in our, like, proper Britney episode. Now we've really set ourselves up for that one. I'll have to research the shit out of it. But, like... I've, I I mean, I bummed us out at the beginning of this episode. I feel I like know. we need to stop bumming ourselves out. <laughs> so, hashtag free Britney. That's all I have to say. Yeah. All right. So... We should also note before we keep going that the video was parodied by Blink-182 in their video for all the small things off Enema of the State. Um, so they parodied Britney among other pop artists slash videos, so the likes of Backstreet Boys, Insync, 98 Degrees, Christina yeah. Aguilera. Um, yeah. Even as a kid, I remember like the part where Tom DeLong is looking through the binoculars thing and he like licks it seductively <laughs> i remember just being like yuck that is so disgusting <laughs> i don't know I, I, I think it's funny so and yeah. that and when mark's getting dragged by the little dog <laughs> and then like tom running along the beach with the pigtails and the ball and like ass crack hanging out of his little shorts it's it's similar to when we discussed weird al parodying Taylor Swift, like it doesn't feel mean. No, in, in any sense, it's just the joke is it's it's the the three ugly pop punk dudes in the, the situation of like videos that are populated by beautiful people, and also like I doing guess the things that beautiful people do, and it's also a nod to the fact that like that was peak Blink era, so like that was they took off with that album, so like what better way to herald like this is. Blink at its best by doing like full blown like pop parody, and also that was Blink because all the small things was uh, their radio friendly song that they had that they were told they had to write by yeah. the, by the producers so or the record company so yeah um so like the fact that they're you know making fun of radio friendly music yeah. in their film clip. You know, I think it's kind of clever, but also the 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 all the small things video has almost a hundred million more views than sometimes by Britney Spears, even though it's not her biggest song. No, 
You had a really interesting theory about the video, though, that I just never picked up on. So the idea is that Britney is sort of just think like basically just pensive on the beach, yeah. thinking about her boyfriend. Well, it's a guy because she's she, oh yeah, she's watching the guy from the the, the binoculars. Yes. Yeah. So can you elaborate on this point? Because I missed it completely. So yeah, amongst all the dancing and the choreo and everything, and like the boy, or oh, the boy like picking her up and twirling her around and yes. lots of giggling and him being very wholesome playing fetch with his ball his ball with his dog <laughs> on the beach <laughs> he's just tossing the ball and running after it and fetching him for himself and so you're supposed to think that that they're together yes but in the end he walks off and she's watching him so yeah. they're not together she's just fantasizing about him yeah see to, i never picked up on that i just was like oh and there's a last shot of her at the binoculars yeah so i mean you could also you could also look at it like she saw him initially and then they got together. Who knows? But yeah. no, I think it's yeah, it's a fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. So, very clever. Mm-hmm. I was trying to come up with something really funny and it just wasn't just wasn't happening. <laughs> it's, again, it's that I'm, thing like it could take a sinister bent if you twisted it hard enough. Like I remember there's this really excellent comic. I'm pretty sure it was three word phrase and it's just a four panel comic using the lyrics of Carly Rae Jepsen's Call Me Maybe. So, your stare was holding, ripped jeans, skin was showing, hot night, wind was blowing, where you think you're going, baby. And it's just like, <laughs> four panels of like a horror movie, <laughs> where like, this guy's just like screaming and trying to run away from someone who's trying to murder him. Like, where you think you're going, baby? <laughs> so, uh, very funny. Um, so yeah, Blink, great, you know. They're always great. Yes. Well, I miss Tom in the band. I, I know. So, shall we talk about Reach the Sky, who covered this song? We shall. appeared on punk goes pop so volume, volume one. one so that would have been 2001 yeah. was it? yeah again and like you said last week we're gonna say this a lot not very familiar with we reach the sky <laughs> i'm not very familiar <laughs> oh i'm gonna get you you rascally fun fact when sam and i went to Soundwave a few years ago i think we've already talked about this but I going. don't care. <laughs> Marilyn Manson <laughs> sounds like Elmer Fudd, <laughs> and I will never forget it. I think I was seeing... I think I went and saw the Dillinger Escape Plan. Yeah. And I had a great time seeing the Dillinger Escape Plan. I just got really depressed. And you were like, you're like, I'm going to go see Marilyn Manson, because why the <laughs> fuck not? And then we met back up, and you were like, man, he sounds like Elmer Fudd. <laughs> oh, it's just so weird. Because he, he does kind of talk like he that. talks like if this. He's, if he's also got a bit of... A, I don't know why he's going British. But if he also 
cartwheely talk with his R's. Oh, I don't know what it was, but it was just very funny. <laughs> so anyway, reach the sky. Twent Wesner, I'm going to get you, you <laughs> rascally, rascally film, film score sound man. <laughs> Can you please tell us a bit about Reach the Sky, Samuel? <laughs> Would you know where they come from? They come from Boston, <laughs> Massachusetts, Excellent. and it's wicked awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> please, just keep going. The band enjoyed a no. six year... <laughs> The band enjoyed a six-year run before disbanding. In yeah, formed in nineteen ninety-seven. I got so excited by yeah, you did by Boston, you jumped the Massachusetts. Gun. That uh, the band enjoyed a six-year run yes. before disbanding in yes. two thousand three. Uh, they were signed to Victory Records um, after re- releasing two EPs and their debut album, "So Far from Home." Uh, Guitarist Chris Chase, no, Chassis, it's with two S's and one E, would play lead guitar for Rise Against between 2004 and 2007. To 2007. Uh, other guitarist, Brendan, and this is his nickname, Stu, because it's, it's, it's ST with five U's. Brendan Stu Maguire would become the touring manager for much more prominent acts. Sick of it all, who we saw open up for, for uh, refused. Oh, we did too. Yeah, yeah. they were good. Yeah, uh, Dropkick Murphys, who are also wicked awesome. Yeah, and the mighty mighty Boston's. This is just giving me flashbacks to in primary school or high school when you'd be reading a book for English or something. And everyone would take it in turns to read. And there was always that one kid who was really shit at reading out loud. And I'm not saying you're shit at reading out loud. But that's that same thing of just being like... (laughs) I was always really good at reading out loud. Yes. I'm sure you But I was also that kid who who would do voices. Yeah. Because, um... Yeah. Desperate for... Desperate for a bit of, you know... (laughs) Gratification. Gratification, yes. Uh, I can't get no gratification. (laughs) (laughs) Not funny! (laughs) I was was desperate for people to acknowledge me and and say, hey, good job. (laughs) And I was not getting that by doing silly voices. We were more similar than I think we (laughs) realised. Anyway, well done. I thought you were going to say it reminded you of the time we tried to watch Goodwill Hunting and we just kept doing Boston accents. <laughs> I just remember saying shark is shack. Shack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Will, don't go out there without your scare. <laughs> your socks. Uh... <laughs> All right, mm. look, we have another half hour at best, so let's just power through. <laughs> oh, we've already been going for an hour. Oh, for fuck's sake. All right. I, I'm, look, I'm sure Good Will Hunting was a good movie. I probably can't make it all the way through, though, without laughing. I want to try watching it again, especially seeing as Elliot Smith did at least a couple of songs off it, and I love Elliot Smith so much. Um, right. we'll do it for Elliot Smith. So, Sam, what are your thoughts on Reach the Skies cover? I... 
really, I love the opening, how it sounds like a power ballad. Yes, yes. The, like, with the slow guitar. Yeah. Um, I think they they did a really, yeah, cool, clever trick with that, making it, as I said, sound like a power ballad. Yeah, it's cute. I like it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a, a good punk cover. Yeah. Um, that laugh just knocked me out. Oh my god. Alright. Well, so, yeah, I, I I think it... Now you go. <laughs> Let me collect myself. This is what I live with, is Sam <laughs> doing his best to make me laugh, making himself laugh, and then getting really tired. <laughs> <laughs> and needing That's to lie That's basically down. it, though. That's basically it, because I get gratification. <laughs> From from when I make you laugh. Yes. And I, yeah. Oh, goodness. So I really enjoy this cover. There are parts where I feel like they jumped the gun a little bit. Like they launched straight into the, um, like the emphasis on there's things about me you just have to know from the second chorus. They put it in the first. It's just kind of like, whoa, like slow down, like. So instead of just, there's things about me, you just have to know. They're like, you just have to know. Mm. Like, that kind of stuff. I'm kind of like, hang on, guys. Like, could have done that in a second. Pump the brakes. But that's just me being a purist. Um, and then, I guess, part of me, like, in the... Oh, I think it's in the bridge. Let's just hang around and you'll see there's yeah. nowhere... I like I find it very endearing but also frustrating that they don't hit those high notes like he hits them to a point and then he just gives up and it's just like well I think what they cuz it's like yeah he's not going to hit the no, notes no, no, no. he can't he's not going to hit the notes that Britney could hit um and I would say that he's probably this is probably the gruffest besides like the growls yeah um like the gruffest singing we've heard so far yeah and i look like yeah all the bitching aside like i do really love the vocals like yeah. the vocal delivery of this like it's very snotty punk rock like with which is mixed together with a britney spears song but yes. also like a, a lovey britney spears song yeah um and like, then like it like you said like it has that really cool sort of that power pop or power ballad, ballad. sort of um, yeah, shout out. And then... Sounds like, like, like Eddie Money's Two Tickets to Paradise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, there's those really cool bits, like, in the chorus, they step it up to, like, it's not double time, but it's... It's double time at the end. The last, the last Sometimes I Run. <gasps> yes. Um, Where and... They, they do go up a key change there? I, I can't tell if they go up a key change or if they... Increase the tempo. It feels like it's, it's faster at the end. The last... Like, in the part where I say I don't like in the Britney song, and when... So when she done... Yeah, yeah, where yeah, she yeah. does the key change, I can't tell if they do a key change or if they go for... I think he does a bit of a I think key he change. does a slight, like... Like maybe a half a... Yeah, half a step half or whatever or you'd call it. Don't at us. Um... But yeah, like it's got those really classic sort of punk elements to it. And then yeah. that coupled with the very sort of like snotty kind of like, you tell me you're in love with mm. it. Like it's very well done. I really like it. 
Yeah, it's. I was going to say it's kind of bad but good, but it's not. It's not bad but good. It's just. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's. I... It as you said, it's snotty. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I. What I didn't like about the break in the Britney song, I like here because they're continuing on. Like the symbols are still going, and it's it's preparing yeah. you to lead up to the end. Yeah. Better. One thing that does my head in, and like I find it endearing now, but when I first heard it, so when they launch into the chorus, he sort of waits a beat, like yeah. a step behind before he Sometimes comes in with the song. Run. Yeah. Like where Sometimes it, I hurt. Yeah. And like it's very clever, but I remember that really stopping me in my tracks the first time I heard it. I was like, whoa, like Yeah. But no, it's very good. Um And yeah, it's like coming from this sort of like I hate, again, I hate it, but scrappy punk sort of vibe. Like, it gives it a really cute sort of sentiment overall. Like, because, yeah, it's still, like, that sort of shy, like, trying to feel your way into a new relationship kind of thing. Mm. But there's just... It shifts it somehow. I can't cry... cry. I can't quite describe how, but... It's just very cute, like... Yeah, and it doesn't feel like it's... Like, we all get into it in a a song we're doing in a few weeks where, again, they gender-bend the lyrics. Like, this doesn't feel at all like it cares that it's doing a Britney Spears song. They're not sort of doing it, like, in a winking, like, ha-ha, like, look at us singing about this really corny shit, like... And they're also not, like, oh, no, we're men, we can't sing a Britney Spears song. Yeah. It's... Yeah, they seem cool with it. Um, so a bit left of center, but this, the way they handle this song, it reminds me a bit of, uh, there's this compilation album that was released in 2007 called No Man's Woman. And it's essentially the premise was a bunch of male Australian artists covering female written songs. And so one of the standouts for me on that album was, um, Tex Perkins covering Helen Reddy's I Am Woman. Um, so Tex Perkins is an Australian singer songwriter who has been, yeah. So he fronts the cruel sea. Um, and yeah. And has also performed with the beasts of bourbon. Yeah. Um, a bunch of other ones. Like he's just one of these sort of like mainstays. Like you'll see him featuring in a bunch of stuff. He's kind of great. He's great. Yeah. And so the way he covers I am woman like, there's a bit of a jokey element to it, especially in the chorus. Like, he just sort of, like, whimpers, like, I am woman. Like, mm. but it's not in a way that's poking fun. Like, it's not yeah. being like, ha I'm a woman. Like, it's, yeah, there's something about it, like, it's endearing. And, like, you can sort of be like, oh, ha But, like, it's not at Helen's expense. Yeah. And this one... You can be like, oh, ha, ha, but it's not at Britney's expense. No, no. Yeah, so, I don't know. But, yeah, that whole album is so good. No Man's Woman, like, the older I get, I appreciate it more. Um, And just such a cool premise. Like, it's been done a couple of times, like, Crowded House. There's She Will Have Her Way, He Will Have His Way, which is Crowded House songs performed by either all male artists or all female artists. And it's just really cool to see how different bands and then different genders, like, portray. Because there's a few crossover songs, but then just 
how they reinterpret Crowded House. And I love Crowded House, of course I do, because I'm a Kiwi, but anyway. <laughs> and I don't love Crowded House because I'm Australian. <laughs> I anyway. Know. I, I know that they initially started off as two Kiwis and two Australians, but mm. I think one of them, one of the Australians died and the other one left. Yeah. And so now I think it's two Americans. I yeah, I think so. And then also the Finn brothers and just the do their brothers. own thing yeah. as well. But yeah. So, yeah, I the way that Reach the Sky handle this song, I do like that they they play with it, they have fun with it, but they also handle it with some level of like care. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not like in the how we talked about the student Rick one where it was yeah. like, where it felt like they were already had a foot out the door and this was their last obligation. This feels like they had fun with it yeah. and, you know, they wanted to respect Britney's work. Yes. And I think they do it very well. Now this would usually be the section of the episode where we talk about other covers, but we're going to forego that this week. What? Yeah, I know. Calm yourself. Take down the pitchfork and the torch. Although the light in here is nice, so. Um, we just, we looked at it and there's lots of just, it's a lot of the same looking stuff. Yeah, nothing, nothing particularly notable. Uh, Buff Corral does one. Yeah. And, you know, we might do a thing where maybe if he's going to show up two weeks in a row, maybe we talk, we do him in depth one week, but we don't the next. Or like maybe every third week or something. Because he's probably going to show up a lot. We've got to but, direct traffic to his his YouTube as well. We can't just keep giving you guys yeah all buff all the time. Yeah, look, it's Buff Carell doing sometimes by Britney Spears. It's perfect. Yeah, that's yep. all I need to say. Is it's, it's, it's perfect. He does two versions of it. I think you mentioned. Uh, he did two versions of, of Flock of Seagulls. Ah, anyway. Yeah. As you were. Um. So, yeah. Notable cover is Buff Corral. But, yeah, looking at the thumbnail, most of it would just look like it was the same. I'm not going to say what it was, but you know what it was. Yes. Yeah. So we've, we've, you know, as as we stated, this is sort of... Did we say, or did I just state it in my mind, that this is kind of like last week was the huge party episode, and this week is the... Last week was Saturday night. We're out on the town. We're not home until three in in the morning, and this is Sunday. You know, yeah. we're not quite. We're not. We're not hungover. We're not. You know, sitting on the couch, worried that we're gonna we're gonna vomit from last night's activities. But we're you know we're, we're just, just taking we're just taking an easy day. Yeah, just quietly reminiscing about the fun that was the night before, and yeah, and even. Even without other covers, we've still managed to clock up nearly an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, for fuck's sake. Why do we keep doing this? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so. Because we have no other talents. Yeah, look. Oh, you do. You can drive. <laughs> hey! You've been driving for much longer, so we're doing all right. So, Samuel. Hell yeah, or. Yeah, yeah nah. nah. Fuck. I, I almost said hell yeah, or nah, yeah. <laughs> they. They, they mean the same thing. Because, they do. Because in Australia, yeah, nah means... No. No. Nah, yeah means yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I give it a hell yeah on both 
both regards. Mm. Yeah, listen to some Britney, listen to some Reach the Sky, listen to some Punk Goes Pod. Yeah, so I give both a hell yeah. Obviously, Britney's always going to come out on top with a more enthusiastic hell yeah because it's Britney, bitch. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed Reach the Sky's version. So, hell yeah times two. And next week, we're going to talk about um, what were their names? Uh, was it Lenny? Oh, don't, no. Was it George? George and Lenny? No, no, don't. So what was the other guy's name? That's it, Lenny and George. It was George? Yes, please don't. It's so upsetting. (laughs) Why are we ending it on such a sad note? Because I read it for the first time last year and it's good. Because next week we're doing Blame It, originally by Jamie Foxx featuring T-Pain and covered by Of Mice and Men. So it's a very... I knew what you were doing, but I was just asking why are you bringing this up because it's such a such a sad book but if i well of course they're going to be of course the band name is going to be named after the book so we might yes. have to talk about the book a little yeah bit. but still i'm not ready to yet all right it's just oh goodness anyway we'll, we'll fill you full of sad movies this week to prepare no. you for it. we're watching requiem for a dream again no we are not we're gonna watch buried with ryan reynolds no again that was another one where i was like he gets out doesn't he he doesn't. I don't think I, t- I don't think I told you what happened in that, and you were just like, oh, "He's going to be fine, right?" I just, he's going to be, and, and you were you were just silent for the rest of the night. Well, just all of those movies, like they're shit, they're shit, they're shit, and then they have that final moment where they get out and they're sort of like wrapped up in one of those space blankets, looking really mm. petrified, and then roll credits. But mm. no, that and that movie's just whoo, buried. Anyway, no yeah, so. There you have it, folks. Um, we started low, we ended low. Oh, fucking... Anyway. Um, thank you for listening. Feel free to reach out to us via our socials. We're on Instagram and Twitter at PunkGoesPod. We are on Gmail at PunkGoesPod at gmail.com. Um, like and subscribe. Tell all your friends. Tell your mum. Tell your dad. Tell... Most importantly, I think just... If you know someone, if you have a friend that that is into this or was into this sort of stuff, just tell them about it. Yeah. I think that's that's the biggest thing at the moment is I'm really happy with the response we've had. Yeah. Yeah. Um and like the amount of plays that we have on our SoundCloud, I'm very I'm very happy with with where we're at. We can do a lot, but you know, you sharing it with your friends will also do wonders yeah. to get it out there because you know I don't see us becoming the biggest podcast in the world but I you know would like this to continue yeah oh look it's going to continue regardless but it would be nice to have some sort of return on investment and not even financial just interest wise otherwise we're just sort of screaming into the void <laughs> and on that note we'll see you next week <laughs> oh